Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I will be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of it. How you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. So becoming kingdom-minded and encountering His presence and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Today, for day 22, I'm going to talk to you about a crazy little thing that happened while I was in Chile. I seriously got out of some crazy, dangerous situation right in the nick of time. (laughs) Right in the nick of time. And so I love to tell you about that and how God works just either with a quickening or just, you know, foresight or wisdom in the situation and how he can be very present and near in times of danger. So let's get into it. Okay, so I was living in Santiago, Chile for about eight months. This was like well before the pandemic, before Argentina, but after my time as a missionary in Peru. So just kind of given some reference, I've gone over, you know, a couple stories in different locations. And this is smack dab in between the two other (laughs) countries that I lived for the longest, outside of the U.S. at least. So I had uh, gone to the store, gosh, it was in uh, Unoa neighborhood, really good area. But I had gone to the store at night and I just walked there. You know, I was all over the, all over the city and it was just, you know, in general, a very safe store, safe neighborhood, everything, but it was nighttime. And I was like, oh man, I just need to go to the store real quick though. And it was like, I don't know, a mile walk or something maybe three quarters of a mile. And I was in the store and this weird looking guy, and I say he's weird looking because the way, not his natural looks, his his situation, his condition, he looked like he was homeless, but he also looked drunk. And that's not like a thing you see like we do here in the States, you know, just looking like that. So he was just eyeing me and he was in another line. I was in line to pay for my stuff. And he's like, Hey, uh, you know, in Spanish, but he's like, Hey, come here. You can stand right in front of me. Why don't you come over here? And I was like, no, it's okay. I can just wait in my line. And just like, just look ahead, you know? And I'm like, Nope. (laughs) And just feeling weird. So I get through the line. He's like, you know, just kind of looking at me. He goes out, you know, exits the store I get done in my line a little bit after him. He, I walk out and I'm just going to go home, walk. You know, I'm wearing my running shoes. <laughs> Let's do a little foreshadowing. So he appears, you know, walks up to me. I don't see him at first. And he comes up to me and he has one other friend kind of like a little lingering. You know, I could see it's his friend a little bit. Like, I don't know how many steps out, a little bit out. And then maybe 10 steps away. And so kind of watching us. I didn't know he came with a friend, but he's talking to me, trying to, he's like, hey, you want to be friends? I'm like, no, I got enough friends. Thank you. (laughs) 
and like it's just never happened to me you know in Chile I just people are generally pretty cool I'd meet people you know and had nice times out and always safe and um you know aware definitely so I had learned to be aware being in, in South America. I just was cautious, but I definitely was not afraid. I would just do all kinds of crazy things that people would say, you shouldn't do that, blah, blah, taking taxis and la, 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 going to dangerous neighborhoods, riding your bike all over the city of Lima, like all kinds of crazy, through the barrios. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm, I'm observant. I just listen for the Holy Spirit. And I, you know, he does a voice. I'm cautious when I need to be cautious. But, and I'll give you this example. So, Anyway, he's talking to me, and I don't want to get too deep into sidetracking over here. So, very briefly, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to be friends. I have enough friends, and uh, I'm going to, you know, probably head home. And so, I'm brief, friendly enough, but short, and uh, not quite curt, you know, trying to be polite. But but I look, and I just felt, I feel something, right? I'm like, okay, it's off. And rather than walking off slowly, I look into the distance. It's not just his friend starting to take steps. There are two other men beyond that, maybe 10 steps. It, we're not there in my profile or, you know, it's, it's coming into my profile view. It wasn't there before, these guys. And they're advancing very quickly, these back guys. And I'm like, oh, they're all part of a group. They're going to jump me and try to take me. And I was like, oh, and I just knew instantly. And I was like, gotcha. So I started walking and then jogging, right, quickly through these cars, and they all started running after me. And I jump, I I squeeze through these two cars that are parked. They're very tight. They can't get, these are bigger dudes. So I I choose to go through these two cars that are really tight, and then there's an embankment. I jump up on the embankment to get out of the parking lot. And there's other cars there, but there's only guys around. Jump out out of the embankment, up the embankment, I mean, and then I just start running and I'm wearing my shoes and I just have a bag of groceries, not a bunch of stuff. And so I just jog home. I'm not like sprinting. I just like quickly jogged home, got on the main street because it was like down, like below, like, you know, kind of like, I don't know, you step down into it. That's why there was kind of like an embankment. Not exactly, but jumping up on that. And then they were going to jump that. And so not obese guys or anything, but they just weren't agile. So I just immediately like swish sideways to these two cars, jump the embankment get up on where the main road is and there's cars and there's actually people up there and I start just jogging home and nothing happened but I was like whoa and like not everybody would say this is a miracle but I just felt like I should share this one because what was a miracle is I before all this I was just a very oblivious person like I, I would just do anything and I was so like people thought I was completely random but just I you know how I weigh things and I still do but I take some you know maybe more thought and sometimes I wouldn't I would just go yes or no do I feel danger you know do I want to experience this and I would do it but I would like I knew the possibilities right but here's how I kind of would make choices is like okay I'm going to weigh the pros the cons the what ifs and I can just think through all the things right I don't get stuck though in stuff like Oh, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, what if this happens and I'm so scared and like going on and on and on and talk myself out of stuff? It's not, that's not really just my jam. I like to think all the things that are going to go wrong, all the things that could go right, and what are the benefits and what are the, you know, drawbacks. If the worst happens, if the best happens, and is the best worth the risk of the worst? That's how I weigh it. 
And then once I decide, like, okay, yeah, these are my values. Okay, this is worth the risk of that. Even even if that really sucks and then this is awesome and the this is better than the that, then, you know, weighs more. It weighs more than the cost. The value weighs more than the cost. Then I'm on the plus side and I just decide I'm going to do it. Like, it's not going to cost, like, my life, right? So I kind of make those choices like that. You know, when it comes to, like, danger, actual danger and death and stuff, I mean, you know, I'd rather not. <laughs> but if there's some risk element to it, I, I like a little bit of risk, you know. I just like to enjoy life and, and do it. So I don't think, you know, if it's my time to die, it's my time to die. It's not really death. It's more like I don't want a terrible way out, like a terrible time out. Like I don't want certain things to happen. So I avoid a few things. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of, I would weigh things like that. And then, you know, listen with the Holy Spirit, which has, he's gotten me out of so many things. I think the next time, my next episode, I'm going to share some of the crazy, like just listening to the Holy Spirit and he'll like give me, I call them quickenings, prompts to get out, to do something different, to change locations and I'll do it. And then, and every time, like he just gets me out of stuff. So Oh my gosh, no, I want to share this time where like some guy almost stole my car with me and it like abducted my car and me, me in my car, like got in my car. It was crazy. I'll show that next time. Anyway, um, that was in the States. The most dangerous, bad things have always happened in the States, but they're like, oh, wasn't it dangerous? I'm like, yeah, it's dangerous. So there's a million other things that are dangerous where we live. Like what? It's not any different, but I digress. So yeah, I think. In the, it's in a miracle in the way that, like, I started paying attention and being aware. And, like, I would pick up on things that ordinarily, before I left the States, I would not pick up on. It was very, like, just paying attention. <laughs> like, you don't even understand <laughs> how I was before that. Very spontaneous and just not, I'd be oblivious of my surroundings, basically, before I went, you know, had a reason not to be. And I would just do whatever. I would I would not even see. Like, I'd, someone could walk by me, my friend. I wouldn't even notice because I was so in my head thinking about stuff. And, like, I'm a big thinker. And, you know, um, I just like thinking deep about stuff and figuring, solving problems, figuring things out and problems of life and, like, so many things. And I'm, like, stuck in my head doing stuff. So, anyway, that's how I was. It was a miracle in that also I was given, like, like it's almost like I was given two steps ahead, you know? It's hard to explain, but, like, boom, boom, like this and that. And then where to go? Boom, boom. Like it's like given a laser focus, like just in the moment and being safe. The miracle was just that like, it's like hyper awareness all of a sudden. And that wasn't me. So that's what I wanted to kind of like talk about is just his ability to, when you're like, hey God, can you, you know, be with me on this trip? make me aware, point me, point me in the right direction, you know, make me alert and he'll just open. It's like, it's gosh, I'm trying to find the word to share with you. Like exactly what it is. I'm just like browsing this ball on the table as I say that, but, um, it's like great, like sonic hearing, like laser vision, sonic hearing. It's like that, like this heightened superhero awareness. <laughs> like that's what it was like. And I was just like, Oh, this is about to happen you know, and this is my way out. And so I just wanted to share that because God is so good. And it's, it, to me, I see miracles all the time. And I've told you about all these different miracles and like serious healings and like, like 
traditional miracles, right? Deliverance of demons and like all these like, you know, healing of cancer, like all these other ones, praying over people, but their little miracles are still miracles. And, and I think the reason I feel prompted to share it is because you've got to, to recognize and, and open your eyes and be aware of the miracles happening all the time. It's just not always these knock you over, knock down the ground, like, you know, super blinding, like massive miracles. But a lot of times we don't even notice because it's, it is miraculous. Like you're like, that's not what I'm usually like. That's not like who I am. That's not what I do. That's not the talent I have. That's not like what should have happened. It's still a miracle because it's like, it's God intervening in our real physical lives in an inexplicable way. And him speaking to us and giving us knowledge or foresight him giving us wisdom, his like all the things we pray for, him healing us, him giving us visions. And I think they're all miracles. And I, I look, not even look for them. I am open, open for them. I am just in awe every time he does it because of that awareness of who I am and what I'm like and what the world around me is like and how he's intervened in those moments. And I think that that, awareness even in introspection on like yourself and the reason this thing happens and cause and effect and what are you know common threads of your situ occurrences and things in your life you can see how there's just this these massive outliers that you can't attribute to anything else so small miracle but definitely one nevertheless nonetheless and now let's compare that to another one in scripture shall we so one story from the Bible that I want to compare to what happened, and let's see if you can discover, I'm going to ask a question at the end. I haven't done this for a few time, a few episodes is I'm going to ask if you can guess how they relate as I'm like, when you can, when it, when it comes through to you and when you can see how it relates, I want to know when that is. And you can comment in the poll at the end. Like, when did you notice or what was what, what were the common elements? And if you noticed them before, like I pointed them out. So the first story was in Samuel, 1 Samuel 19.10. And describes David's escape from Saul, okay? So it's different, but there's similarities. So that he had been, David had been, you know, close to Saul. Saul decides to pursue him. Uh, Jonathan dissuades him, you know, don't do that. Uh, and Saul goes with it. And then he just feels distressed one time when David's playing the harp and he threw an arrow at him and David barely escapes. And and then David's wife is like, hey, you know, he's going to kill you. <laughs> uh, and so David, you know, he doesn't obviously want Saul to kill him. So he, his wife helps him escape by luring him out of a window allowing him to flee and avoid Saul's pursuit. So I think that they are, you know, it's remarkable when you're in a different, like a difficult situation, potentially dangerous situation, right? And you can react quickly and escape, right? With It's certainly like a big deal. It's not like overtly supernatural. Like I mentioned, that's some like, oh, he was risen from the dead or he, you know, he's um, miraculously healed overnight from his cancer. But it, so it's not overt, 
but you know it's associated with miracles because it shows the providence of God in protecting us from harm and guiding our actions to ensure safety. So let me know if you kind of saw those similar threads in there with both of us escaping, even though he's given some words, right, by his wife and Jonathan, and he knows Saul's kind of going crazy over here wanting to, to, to try to come after him. And so he has some like previous experiences, right? But the, the commonality here is just that providence and protecting us during these crazy situations, right? Our ability to quickly react to evade harm, right? Demonstrates a form of like divine guidance and protection, not just our own ability to see what's going on. So I think that that, you know, my ability in that moment to perceive the danger was akin to David's escape, right? Because there was foresight, there was quick action, we avoid potentially dangerous encounters. And just like I said, it's really all about highlighting God's care and provision and keeping us safe. So there was another example I kind of thought like had some common elements. I'm just going to briefly hit on this. You can kind of go back to first Kings we were in before chapter 19, one through eight, and it's about Elijah's escape as well. And it parallels a little bit because Queen Jezebel, um, she threatens Elijah, right? Elijah had previously had some like great victory over the prophets of Baal, and then he fled for his life. Because Queen Jezebel threatens to kill him. So he's overwhelmed and fearful, but he seeks refuge in the wilderness, which of course I didn't do, and prays for death and crazy, like extreme stuff. But nevertheless, God provided for him miraculously, and he sends like an angel to provide food and water, sustaining him during his time of being. This is like this, see how this is like this is like level 10, right? On on our miracles because it's just like ramped up, like elevated. And you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely like, it's not always going to be that like very blatant overt, um, overt elements to the miracle, right? It's not always like, oh, angels sent food and water, right? Or sustained us in this. It could be just a quick intervention, a quick ability to rack quickly and see the danger and get out. So I think they're both, they're all three, like, hey, some quick actions, right? An encounter, dangerous encounter, quick actions, escaping the harm, God providing for our needs, whether it's physical needs or protection or our ability to evade danger and remain safe, right? So again, his providence, his providential care and his protection over his people, us, in moments of fear and uncertainty. It also emphasizes the importance of trusting in God's guidance and provision, even in the face of danger and adversity. So I liked both those examples, even though one might be more obvious and fitting and lower, you know, low key than, you know, the other. I think they're both just really sweet comparisons. Now I'm going to leave you with just a couple verses, just with, you know, respect to his care and providence and protection. Psalm 91, four through five. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. That's a good one. Psalm 121, 7-8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And indeed, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. That was Nahum 1.7. All right, until next time, be well and blessings.